0: and welcome to another episode of Mark's Motivational Podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by another great guest, Tanu Tavari. Um, she's in the Bay Area in California and she's an established marketing professional who lives with her um loving husband and five-year-old daughter. Um, her bedtime routine with her daughter ignited her passion for storytelling. So I can relate to that very well. So I'm really looking forward to talking to the booth today. So you're very welcome on today. Thanks a lot for joining me.
1: Thank you, Mark. I'm happy to be on your podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. So it's always great to welcome you along. And we might just start start the podcast off. You wouldn't mind telling the listeners and the people watching on YouTube a little bit about yourself and the, the great books, the great Chula's books you've written. It'd be a great start.
1: Of course, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, so my name is Tanu. Uh, like Mark said, I live in California in the U.S. and I have been a reader all my life. I love reading books, and um, my love for Enid Blyton is what actually got me globetrotting. When um, I grew up in India, I was reading a lot of um, Enid Blyton, uh, Five Find Outers, and you know a lot of. Um, adventure books and I always had this dream of exploring the world and because of that I ended up going to the UK for my master's. I lived in London for about six six and a half years and then I moved to the US. Um, I've been in California for a few years now and after I had my daughter I realized that you know she had this love for books as well she was very small and she would always gravitate towards books uh, even if like there were other toys around her so um, every single night when she didn't even understand I would just you know read her uh, different storybooks or tell her stories and as she you know grew up a little she was almost two years old she started giving me different topics every single night And she would give me something as random as a belly button and say, mommy, tell me a story on a belly button. And (laughs) I would just come up with stories on the spot. And my mom, uh, she was listening to me doing that. And, you know, she pointed out, she's like, I see the joy in her eyes and how excited she gets whenever you're telling her your stories. And I think you should write them down, do something about it. I was like, okay, um, it it took me a while i was busy with other things cuz i am also a full time marketer and um you know life gets busy and it takes time for you to really understand something can be done with a little spark of a skill that you see in yourself or others see in you so after a few months i started just n- noting down these stories and then one day i was like okay let me sit down and research it takes a lot cuz i'm i'm self published And, of course, you have that option of going to the traditional way versus self-publishing. And because I wanted to do this for my daughter and I wanted to do it quickly, I went the self-publishing route and I published my first book last year. It's called Purdy's Dream Comes True. This is the book.
0: That looks great. That looks absolutely (laughs) great. And as
1: you can see, the main protagonist is a panda Mm -hmm. there. And this is one of the stories, you know, that – came about from her asking me to tell her a story on a panda. And um, uh, once I published this book, I saw how well it was received. It even won um, the Golden Wizard Book Prize last year. And um, I just, yeah, I feel like I found this uh, passion <laughs> in writing because how much I love reading. I, I realized that, you know, this is something that I can I could be doing as well. So that's a little bit about myself and how I got into writing
0: children's books. Right. Well, thanks a lot for sharing now, everybody. Um because like you've won um an award for your book. That that's amazing. Well done. And how long ago did you did you start the, the writing journey? Have you um how many years have you have you you been writing?
1: I would call myself a newbie because um I was doing this um business program. Yeah. Uh, I started in 2022 and the program went on for a year and right about the time when I was graduating, I had become so good at time management and and carving out time to study and do my assignments that I simply replaced that time that went into my studies into like researching for my book and and what I could do. So I I had been writing these manuscripts for a bit now. But it's when it's it's actually last year in March is when I started um, refining them. And then I went ahead and found an editor. Uh, her name's Sarah. Chiroki. she is really good. She helped me with developmental editing and develop the story. And from March, uh, it took until June to do the whole entire process of editing and, um, you know, illustrating. That's where most of the time goes. And then finally getting everything up and running. So, yeah, it, it didn't take too long, four to five months. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely a lot of, um, you know, late nights and hours spent into yeah. understanding what the right decision is. Because there's so many options for every step.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, to know. And did you illustrate the book yourself as well?
1: so no i i did store i did storyboarding okay i yeah. kind of like with every scene i drew out what i wanted it to be like i had a vision for every single right. scene towards i to go with which scene and then i worked with my illustrator her name's juliet frost uh, she's based out of ukraine and uh, it's been excellent working with her she just really understands what my vision is for every scene and she brings it to life and then we do like a little bit of back and forth and refining that and making it better and then I do have a few of my friends in my network who have little kids so I also use them as my market research tool (laughs) when I'm developing a book. I show it to them and my daughter is my biggest uh help as well like her first reaction is what tells me whether this landed or not
0: (laughs) yeah yeah because I understand because I've got a six-year-old as well so they're your best Critics are the, be- <laughs> the best people to pass your work with to show your work to. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's great. And would you like to um read out a section of your first book for to give people a taste of, of the book, please?
1: Mm-hmm. I can do that. Yeah, that's great. So the story is called Purdy's Dream Comes True, A Panda's Snowy Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, It's about a panda that loves the snow and she's been waiting for it to snow but this time this season the snow hasn't come yet so the book starts here with the scene where Purdy is you know just in her little um, wooden tree house waiting for it to snow Purdy had been waiting for her favorite season for weeks and had started to worry the snow wouldn't come at all She drifted off to sleep thinking about last year when it snowed. The tree branches outside her window had looked like funny brown creatures with shiny white coats. When she glanced out of the window, a flurry of snow was falling from the sky. Yes, it's here, said Purdy, and leaped out of her bed. She hurried down from her tree house. As she reached the bottom of the ladder, she stretched her arms and swoosh, she plunged into a snow hill. But she didn't land. She woke up with a jerk and rubbed her eyes in confusion. She looked around. There was no snow anywhere. Oh, so wow. it's it's at this point where the kids go, it was a dream. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I love the the illustrations really go really well with the with the words, like you know, um and isn't it great that you got the inspiration from uh reading reading it to your daughter <laughs> I just think yeah. that's great <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah. and you've got two books out at the moment um yes. uh-huh. what's what's the other one called Can you, sorry
1: fresh off the press like they say so this other one is called say it when you feel it this is not an animal-based character this is actually inspired by a true incident which happened with my daughter and um, even this character of Thara, that's the main protagonist Thara is Uh, illustrated based on how my daughter looks Um, and again thanks to Juliet (laughs) this book um, is now available on Kindle and um, it's also going to be available in paperback and hardcover very soon as soon as this week so again a lot of like color in this book as well what I'm holding right now is just an author copy yeah but um just so you get an idea it's yeah. very very colorful. And one thing that I like to do is include some activities and some like food for thought kind of thing at the end of my books. Mm-hmm. So even the Purdy uh, Purdy's Dream comes true book has um an activity oh, on portable. visualization yeah. and imagination right. and then you some something for um parents to help explore what their kids' dreams are ho- how they can share it with them and how they imagine and for the other book um say it when you feel it, this book is about big feelings about you know um how to tame your big feelings and big emotions while standing tall with kind choices. so there's a kind way of doing it mm-hmm. um and, and the way this book explores this or um, helps you know kids understand, why they get these big emotions and how to tame them is through the understanding of brain function. So that's, I would say, that is the unique uh, point about this book because there are a lot of um, big feelings or anger management books out there. But this one really uh, talks to the kids about the left and right side of the brain how one side of the brain is uh, important for understanding the emotions and feelings that we feel and the other side of the brain is for expressing them they help us form the words and help help us express our feelings in words so um there's a very uh i can show you the snippet yeah very <laughs> cool explain- yeah. yeah yeah i've named the brain sides um so the kids understand it easily and then, you know, telling them how to keep that monster, the anger monster, from coming out by expressing their feelings. And it is tied into this uh, whole incident that had happened with my daughter. So um, there is a buildup in the story where there's two friends, Tara and Ruby, in school, and things haven't been going really well um, with them. And uh, they they used to be best friends, but, you know, it's very up and down. It's like a roller coaster emotional ride for Tara and something happens between them which kind of climaxes into this whole situation where Tara has to really you know stand up for herself do something about it and save her friendship with Ruby um, and uh, again this book also ends with two activities um, right. yeah. for the kids as well as parents and you know really also giving that tool to the parents for them to understand when something like this happens, if when your kid is going through you know a big emotion moment, how do you connect with them and redirect rather than it ending up in a big showdown in the house? Yeah. Um, so it's it's also in a very subtle way, teaching the parents to deal with the kids um using the gentle parenting way mm.
0: There's a lot of great lessons in your book that's brilliant, yeah. Like because uh, like emotions can be a big thing for anybody really, especially like for kids to get used to it. So um, that's great for for sharing that. Um, I'll be definitely thinking about getting the picking your books up for my own son. So you've got um a customer here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at, uh, yeah. yeah, love to uh, know
1: what you thought of it or what yeah. he thought of it.
0: And you were saying it's available on obviously on Kindle and you have have you approached any bookshops or libraries um as well um Anu
1: yeah, yeah, so the first book is available online in all the major bookstores in the u s and in the u k um, Barnes and Noble here in the u s and uh, some of the biggest bookstores even in the u k so they can be ordered online um the thing with libraries is it works a little differently here you can't just go and donate the book or you can't just ask them to you know hey I'm, a, I'm an author I just carry my book so I am now really getting to market it more in person I'll also be um participating in local fairs and I've been doing uh, you know readings in schools so that's a very good avenue to push your book out as well um, and also one of the biggest challenges was I had published them initially um, with print on demand using Ingram Spark as well as Amazon. But I did bulk print from China as well. So I recently got that bulk delivery and now I have almost 500 books that I can easily you know sell um, and and push out on different avenues.
0: Right, that's that's a great idea. Well done, yeah, and the best look with it. And I I'd say like um you know from a marketing background can make it a bit easier to um do the self self publishing. Would, would, would that make sense? Actually, <laughs> that's
1: a that's a very good question because people assume that oh you're a marketer it must be a breeze for you. It's very different uh, to market other people's things versus market yourselves because when you're an author you are the brand it's it's not like you're selling your books nobody's just going to say oh it's a book let me buy it Mm -hmm. you have to sell yourself you have to sell what you're about because there's like millions of authors out there what makes you different right and why should someone care about what you're writing and and what you have to share and then there's again I would say a big competing going on with, you know, a lot of competing going on with the traditional publishers versus um, the independent authors, as you know, very well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, One example is the Scholastic here that does book fairs in schools. So um, in in February here, like this book fair for a whole week and everybody's budgets just goes towards buying books from Scholastic. And at that point, I have to be very careful that I don't go barging in trying to sell my books because literally nobody buys at that point. So you have to really look at the trends and the seasonality and what people will care about. And then one of the things that's been helping me a lot is um, having my presence online. So I do have uh, an Instagram account. Now I'm also ramping up on Facebook. Um, for a lot of the authors in my network that are doing extremely well, what works for them is doing Instagram, Facebook ads. And one common theme that I hear from everybody is selling, um, also selling, you know, on on your website or on social media is is something that works for them better because there's also the royalties part of it. When you're trying to sell through Amazon or IngramSpark, there's a lot of, you know, lion's share of the revenue gets taken um. by these platforms so at the end of the day <laughs> you have to think about ROI as well but then it it does boil down to what are you trying to do so one thing I tell my fellow authors is you know as soon as we get our book out there's this like you know immense pressure to get the ROI back oh my god I'm losing money or I'm not selling and I would say just test because Something that works for one person doesn't work for another person. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's so many variables. It could be about, you know, you who you are or what topics you're writing about. It could be about the type of book you have. It could be about the illustrations that you have that are not really resonating that well with the audiences on certain platform. So there could be a lot of different things, which is why we should always be testing different avenues and see what works better. Like I sell a lot better in person compared to going and just, you know, putting blind money behind ads, which also I I have tried and uh, Amazon ads did um, do well, but at the same time, they're very competitive when it comes to the amount of cost you're paying per click Mm -hmm. um, and the return you're getting on your ad spend. So, um, yeah, that's something that uh, any author needs to consider that they should get into the testing mindset and they should think of this as a long game you can't be like an overnight success. Well, maybe if you're lucky, somebody can be an overnight success with one book. But for the most part, keep writing because you like writing, not because, you know, you're writing to, you know, just get money out of it. And um, there are some really successful authors out there that tell me the statistics say that about, after about 20 books is when you start really seeing the ROI. Um, on And you, you, make enough money to be able to quit your day job mm-hmm. and to even to that you have to really really you know bust your backside and and push it hard um and be at the right place at the right time whenever possible and be willing to put in the hard work
0: yeah we wanted to put the hard work and makes so much sense and that's really um great advice um for anybody's listening uh me included <laughs> so that's great <laughs> yeah that's great and let's just ask you as well do you kind of would you have a kind of a strategy which you're writing as well you know what i mean is would you kind of when you're writing your books would you write a certain amount of words a day or what way do you do it yourself
1: yeah so i'm in it for the long game like i said it i'm i'm in no rush to just you know release 20 books a year i do have a day job i do have other things that uh, i pay attention to maybe somebody who's doing this full-time might have like, you know, a different strategy or a different way to approach things. But I have, you know, a strategy of not doing more than two or three books a year and really doubling down on pushing them and understanding how they're, they're being received, getting some data around that. Cause I'm very much a data and analytics person mm-hmm. and, uh, what worked well what didn't work well after doing my first book there were so many learnings from it that I applied to my second book and I'm doing things a bit differently there Mm -hmm. so I don't really uh put put time uh down for I am going to write a certain you know words a day but I do have a strategy of because I'm doing story time order, I do keep writing manuscripts so I have been collecting a lot of stories and then I sit down and decide which one is going to be doing well or not. And is, does this resonate better or not? So then I have, like I said, I have my pod of people that I run this by. Yeah. And based on popular vote, then I go ahead with that particular story and work more on that. I had actually written uh, another one and in, in, it was in a poem form. And um, I did not go ahead with that one because after I spoke to a few different people, I got mixed reactions, which is why I prioritized this one, uh, the second one that's coming out over the other one. So you might, because you're like so into your own work, you don't understand that what you feel passionate about or you care about might be different from what, you know, those kids out there really need to read or they're uh, excited about the only one common ground for all the stories that I'm writing, because a lot of people have asked me, are you going to do a series on Purdy? such a cute panda character? Maybe I will only if it makes sense, not just for the heck of doing, you know, some kind of uh, uh series, just because everyone wants to do series. Um, But my goal behind doing these stories is I feel like storytelling is the best way to get through to anybody like whether it's grown ups or it's kids and that's the best way that i can get through to my daughter and um i i could tell her things you know in an authoritative way or you know get upset and and, and show like my big anger but she'll not she'll not you know get behind it the minute i tell her a story and then i tell her what i want her to do whether it's about cleaning up you know her uh, room and if I tell her a story, that's when it resonates with her and she understands and she agrees. So I feel like storytelling is such an important tool. And um, there's so much struggle that we go through as we are growing up. You know, there's things like, for Purdy's dream comes true, it's about visualization and imagination. We we I feel like we get lost so easily, right? We get disappointed when things don't go our way. And um, if you... Tell the kids at such a young age that if you imagine, if you visualize, it's a very, very important tool for you to really achieve your dreams. It can help you get to where you want to be. You don't have to lose hope. You don't have to, you know, be disappointed and 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 think that this this may never happen. If Purdy can make it snow, you surely can achieve anything you want. So that's that's the idea behind that first book. The second book is about you know expressing. How many of us adults have this problem of bottling up emotions? We know all about brain function, don't we? But we we cannot somehow, you know, maneuver around our big emotions and how to control or tame or or manage them better and how to express better when it comes to conflict situations. So this is what this book is teaching them um, and uh, you're equipping them with the right tools so when they grow up, you know, navigating adulthood is a lot easier. That's my goal behind my books.
0: Yeah, what a great goal. That's that's really really good. Yeah, because especially like metaphors are so important. Like you know, for like you say, stories and metaphors are are great for anybody. You know, and um, yes. um, I absolutely love the the concept of the the little um puzzles and stuff at the end of your books is a great idea. Re- really really good idea. And I can just mm-hmm. ask you, you did mention earlier on about um, an award you won for your books was it um, what was that again could you share it's the
1: golden wizard book prize
0: okay and what, what is that sorry
1: I think it's a, it's a UK based um, okay. award yeah. program yeah you That's can check good. it out uh, so they rate your book based on a few different criteria your writing and uh, illustration the book format and how well it's written for the audience that you're saying you're targeting and um also if the if the story would be resonating with the audience or not, so they have multiple people that judge on the team, and then um they um call themselves one of the most prestigious um award uh, awards of the industry.
0: Yeah, congratulations! That's great, brilliant. <laughs> That's great to get feedback like that. You know, it's absolutely amazing, and. <laughs> And the to just ask you as well, um, I know like the concept of, because I'm, I'm similar to you uh, reading my kids' bedtime stories. That's where I got a lot of my inspiration as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but kind of, did you ever kind of hit a kind of meta- metaphorical wall or uh, writer's block when you were doing writing?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, one of the biggest challenges um, in writing for children is that the reviewers or your support system is mainly adults, right? Yeah. So yes. <laughs> when you write a manuscript, mm-hmm. you're asking adults to read it. You're asking mm-hmm. grown ups to review you. And it's 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 their understanding of the world that you're getting. If there was a way to just write these manuscripts and and run it by a group of kids that could be reviewers I don't know it may be an, a startup idea that yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. four four-year-olds start making money for their reactions <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, you pay them to uh, give you the reactions for your manuscript um but yeah I think that that's the big challenge uh, where I feel this works really well which is why I really depend on what my daughter thinks of the story and sometimes even our cousin's daughter we show it to her and then we have our neighbors we even run it by uh, them and um my daughter in fact it's it's amazing because you know this author copy that I showed you it's sitting on my table and why I still don't have the real copy on my table is because when it came to in my hands after getting printed my daughter is the one who who spotted a mistake okay. so <laughs> well None of us adults spotted that mistake. She is the one who, who who got it, which is why I feel like I could think like you know my manuscript is great, it's amazing. Take it to the editor. Of course, the editor has a lot to say every time as well. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But
1: um, um, then you know it, it's the kids. How do you get what what the kids will like? So yeah,
0: yeah, Because I, I agree with you there. Like you were saying earlier on, you go to skills, um. That's a that's a great experience really because you know the yeah when you ask the questions about um the books and reading and writing, you get some brilliant questions, don't you? Do yes. you find that?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some very pertinent ones,
0: yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, no, that's great. So th- thanks a lot for sharing all, all your, your work. It looks amazing. It's really, really good. And can I just ask as well, um a few of your favorite, fa- favorites favourites as well. Um your favorite books to read yourself, Tanil? What's your favorite type of books to read?
1: Yeah, so I do want to write other stuff other than um, children's books at some point. Mm. I I read a lot of uh, nonfiction and fiction both. And I feel like that's the next, when I, like, apart from doing children's books, I, I, th- I feel like it'll be a, a nonfiction at some point. And what I love reading right now, I'm a lot into fantasy. So I'm reading the Sarah J. Mass books. Um, and um, also, I don't know if you've heard of the Fourth Wing uh, series. So yeah, a lot of fantasy <laughs> currently. And I'm a very moody reader at any given point. I'm reading like a three a set of at least three books. So if today I feel like reading fantasy, I'll read fantasy. Tomorrow I feel like reading my nonfiction I'll read one chapter of my nonfiction and so on, and I in my living room I have um now reading bookshelf which is like a small bookshelf like a mini one, and me and my husband whatever books we are currently reading it they stay on that now reading bookshelf. Good idea,
0: um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, because reading the stories that you're on, uh, doing an audio book, you know
1: about it but I'll be very honest Uh, I do think because I I have no data or understanding around what really works well or not when it comes to audiobooks so I'd have to look into it but um, I do live in America (laughs) and uh, I am catering to uh, an international audience here so I feel like when it comes to read aloud, it's it should be done in a way that kids are able to understand. You know what you're reading easily, and they're able to relate. So maybe doing it in different languages and using voiceovers that um have different accents. And um, I do a lot of reading in schools and and to other kids, yeah. and. I like to instead of just reading, I like to really interact with them, mm-hmm. um, which is why just doing an audiobook or just doing reading online um one sided is something that I haven't done yet,
0: yeah, no, I just I just think um it'd be good avenue for you because the way you yes. read the books are very good, like very clear, and you know it's 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 a talent Thank that you you have you know so I just thought I'd point that out to you <laughs> yeah so and, and do you ever know and do you ever like um listen to music when you write is that something you ever do or uh, do you, when when you're when you're writing
1: no I don't uh, a lot of people listen to music while working as well I somehow don't do that and I never really enjoyed listening to music while working because music uh Springs me into action for the m- most part. I just like to either dance. I you know, yeah. uh, start moving and shaking on the music, or I like to go sing along. Mm-hmm. So my focus goes very easily when music is on. Yeah. It might sound crazy because a lot of people love working to music and and writing to music, but I cannot focus if music is on. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know because some people like would would like this in the music with no lyrics. You know, like um instrumental yeah instrumental um yes you know, like, yeah. like everybody's different but um no just cuz you know I'm curious because that's something I started doing recently and um I found a bit of a flow going so yeah that's something <laughs> everybody's different <Yeah>. you
1: know <laughs> yeah that's true what i get flow from is i i like to clean my workstation uh, light a candle and you know have like a really good desktop background because i don't live in a house that has great views anymore <laughs> when i was in new jersey i i would get the flow from you know looking outside my window it was green and uh it was yeah just gorgeous sometimes it would snow and we would have like two three feet snow outside and it would just be like a scene from narnia oh, nice. and um, <laughs> yeah so so visually when i see beautiful things that's what gets me in the flow yeah nice
0: nice yeah (laughs) and your favorite um uh, favorite music to listen to like when you're when you're not writing (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah um I actually did some uh classical music training growing up in like Indian classical music so that's what my ears are more attuned to and I immediately just feel at home when I'm listening to Indian classical or semi-classical music that's my favorite I would say but I do listen to all sorts of music in the world my husband is like he introduces us to um, French music German music and and it's funny it's a thing in our household based on whatever cuisine I'm cooking that day he's going to put that music so while we eat we listen to the music from that state in India or from that country like Yesterday we had Italian. We were listening to Italian music. <laughs>
0: That's great. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it goes with the flavor of the food, huh? <laughs> absolutely yes. <laughs> good stuff. Um, it enhances fa- the flavor. <laughs> say again, sorry.
1: Enhances the flavor of the food.
0: Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> um, your favorite movies to watch or TV programs?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I am a uh, big on watching series and I would confess that I love crime thriller genres when it comes to series and movies and um yeah and one of the things like a lot of people love watching thriller stuff and suspense stuff and and they love guessing I am the opposite I love watching it and I just let myself get like so immersed in it that I just don't think about what's going to happen next or not. I just let it happen to me because it's, it's like, you know, my senses are coming alive and I'm watching a thriller. I want to get scared. I want to, you know, worry about things. And uh, it's just very exciting. And, um, and whenever I have my me time, when I don't have hundred other things to take care of,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I really wind down watching stressful series. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. people might get stressed watching crime stuff but um yeah i binge on on that stuff
0: yeah i like, I like to watch a good, good crime film or or um, crime series sorry to myself <laughs> <I hear you>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and the uh, favorite places to travel as well um your, your favorite place to travel
1: though? yeah so uh like i said when i was growing up i was a lot into uh, you know english writers and their books and stuff And I had this weird obsession with historical uh, fiction. And even now I read historical fiction. Philippa Gregory is one of my favorite authors. And I do watch historical fiction series as well. So when I went to Rome, it felt like, wow, like everything that I had been reading about, it just hit, hit me, you know, in the best way possible. And I think I loved the experience I had in Rome, Vatican City, And um, because I lived in the UK, I've done a lot of English countryside and Scotland is my absolute favorite. Um, So, yeah, now the plan is to hopefully explore uh, south of France at some point and and the German castles. And I think uh, Europe is definitely my favorite continent to explore. And there's a lot more countries that I haven't been to, which I hope to travel to with my daughter
0: nice because um, i agree, really sure sir. Italy's Italy is a fabulous country like Rome is one of my favorites too <laughs> it's, it's really good yeah really good now, what so, city are you
1: based in you're in Ireland right
0: yeah I'm in Dublin Dublin you're yeah. in
1: Dublin yeah, yeah yeah I used to go to Dublin a lot for my work and yeah, I, I yeah. loved traveling to Ireland as well yeah
0: yeah you like, you like the the fun and the pubs all around Dublin <laughs> so there's always good music <laughs>
1: always yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's now, charming the city
0: yeah thank you and um, yeah, and thanks a lot for for coming on the podcast. Um, so what's next for you? Um, you know, uh, what's next for you? Like, um, what would you like to happen, um, in the future?
1: Yeah. So, um, like you know, I was telling you how I'm trying to get into writing books that are about navigating adulthood easily later in life, and and mm-hmm. equipping the kids with those kinds of tools. And that has come from a lot of research into child psychology. And, and I've always had interest in human behavior, human psychology, and why people behave a certain way. Mm. And um, because of that, I've always gravitated towards people and their problems and problem solving. So I've been doing a lot of mentoring lately, and uh, especially women for different things like you know how to show up at work and how to find your voice at work Um, women that are looking to grow in their career how to help you know uh, make your own brand at work and and get recognized and everything that's really helping you achieve success in in, in your career and then so that's that then there's these books I think the next thing that I'll be working on is really finding my niche in mentoring and and doubling down on that. And whether it's, you know, writing a self-help book related to that topic or um, doing some speaking engagements related to that, that's something that I'll be working on next. And of course, there will be a story along the way that will become a book at some point, um, which I cannot... You know, even promise which one it's going to be because I have quite a few manuscripts lying around.
0: Yeah. No, I wish, wish you all the success going forward, everything you do. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, if you were to give anybody a word of advice or kind of it's kind of a motivational podcast as well. Um, mm-hmm. what would you kind of say to people who are listening and watching YouTube to keep yourself motivated in the writing and everything they do?
1: Yes, I would say,, um, you know, always remember what your why is, why you're doing what you're doing because there's so much to do when you're writing. It can be very overwhelming and you're fighting the big wigs of the industry, especially if you're the, the you're an independent author. And if even if you're traditionally published, like there's so much that you need to think about, take care of and worry oh, am I doing the right thing or not? just remember what your why is why you're doing it and keep taking your baby steps every single day you know show up and do what needs to be done even if it's a small task and then when you look back after a few months or a year or two years then you'll be able to see how far you've come and you'll be proud of yourself so don't forget to you know celebrate every little milestone and be proud of yourself
0: that's brilliant to know. Thanks very much for sharing that, with everybody. That that's that's great advice. Very motivational advice. Thank you. And You're yeah, Thank you. And, and, and um, no, great. And have you got involved in any Reuters groups? Um, over the last while, like myself personally, I was involved in a Irish Ink where it's a, it's an Irish writers' group where everybody meets up every Saturday. Is that mm-hmm. something that you've ever looked into yourself, or?
1: Um. No, we're trying to, like, I'm a member of a couple of organizations here, and um, there's like independent authors, organizations that um, have the local chapters, so after, well, I'm, I'm going on, on a trip to India soon. After I come back from India, I plan to do some meetups with them, and uh, we also have some Uh, authors that live like like recently in my network i've come across a few authors that live here in the bay area so we've decided that we're going to do a meetup as well and and do some kind of you know best practices exchange um and attend some book fairs and stuff like that and then keep growing the network
0: yeah no great idea because like the the one where we we do every saturday you work off a prompt for like um everybody gets the same prompt and you've got right. 30 minutes to, to write a short story off that prompt. And like, it's wow. With the the amount of great stories that come off these prompts is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's really good.
1: I had done a couple of those in New York. Yeah. and it, Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You're right. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. I look for it here as well. Yeah.
0: It's pretty really good. So mm-hmm. Tano, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and make sure to send me all the links to your great work and I'll, share on the podcast and I wish you all the success going forward with everything you do.
1: Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you.
0: Thank you. So Tanu yeah. Tawari, Th- is that correct? I'm saying your surname correctly. Am I? Tanu
1: Tawari. Yes. Thawari,
0: yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks a million them for tuning in to Mark's motivational podcast with Tanu today. Um. So make sure you check out all Tanu's links. I'm going to share on the, on the show notes. So until next time, take care of yourselves. And would you, if you like and subscribe on YouTube, that'd be great as well. Thank you. Thanks again to you.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Hello, everyone. Mark here. Thank you for watching another episode of my Author's Tuesday podcast. I recently published a book of children's stories called The Adventures of Larry Lampost and Friends. The book began life as bedtime stories that I wrote for my own children. If you'd like to purchase my book, follow the link in the description box below. By buying my book, you are also supporting my podcast series for authors, which is giving a voice to writers in Ireland and across the world.